Hi everyone, I'm Dee. And I'm Alex. And together we're DNA. And you're listening to the DNA of Mindful Relationships podcast. It's always okay to not feel okay, but right now during COVID-19, it's especially okay to not feel okay. Join us in this episode as we explore living in lockdown. So Alex, we find ourselves in this really unusual predicament of being in lockdown. And it's something that not one of us have experienced before. Um, It's maybe something that we've read about in the history books, but it's something that um, nobody's really experienced and it's, it's really hard to navigate for a lot of people because it's such a new thing. A lot of people have a feeling of uncertainty and a lack of control because that's the reality. There is so much uncertainty and there is no control over what happens with the the rates of infections and the pandemic overall. But in a time of little control, it's important to find something that you can control and control the heck out of it. For example, if you're stuck in lockdown, which we currently are, by the way, um, organise your closet, organise your pantry. These are things I've actually done. And it gives you a sense of mastery and, and a sense of grounding. Is there something that you've organised, Alex? <laughs> Well, it's interesting because I, I go back to my childhood and I think about those times when maybe I was a little naughty and mm-hmm. I got locked in my room, Ooh. right? And you can take it two ways. And one is this is a punishment and I hate every second I'm in here or how can I turn this into a positive experience? Mm. Can I read a book? Can I do something that's positive and takes the, the depth of the intensity away. Um, And so, yeah, I guess whilst we've been in lockdown here, I think, you know, we've been lucky enough to have a place that allows us to do many of the things that we want to do. I think it's, it's more not that we want to do things, but having that liberty taken away from us that we can't just go anywhere we want. We can't just, it's, so it's, it's, It's more a theoretical exercise, I think, that exerts pressure on us. Mm. Uh, I I think it's a bit of both, but I think it's that theoretical exercise. I Uh, think you've just touched on um, the grief and loss a lot of people feel. mm. It's hard to identify that as grief, but we have. We've lost the liberties and the freedom of doing what we used to do, which is, you know, we feel like, going to a cafe and meeting some friends, you know, that's the plan for the weekend. We can't make plans like that currently. And um, there's a lot of those sort of freedoms that have been taken away. Our lifestyle has been um, adjusted and it's been out of our control. Well, there's just the feeling that we can't travel, you know, that planes aren't flying the thought of going to another country that was always a possibility mm. is has been taken away from us. 
So whether we wanted to do it or not, just the feeling of being confined is almost that claustrophobic feeling mm. that these impositions make us feel. Yeah, and I think you're right. Like uh, that image of you as a child in your bedroom um, and most children, that, that's really helpful because most children would see that as a punishment and it was intended as a punishment. But I guess the child that manages that situation really well might go, what can I play with in here while I'm here? What can I do to to make the most of this time? Or even create a mind game for yourself where you've got nothing to play with. How can I keep my mind in a positive yeah. way? And, you know, I, I think this is a time for um, using the power of your mind to get you through this time um, because we've got very little other distractions at the moment. But there are things that you can do to make living in lockdown a little bit more um, comfortable, a little bit more um, kind of run a bit smoothly for the family. Depends on who you're living with. And, you know, there are some people that are living completely isolated by themselves. And I think, um, you know, they're, they're really struggling with that, that complete isolation. And then on the other hand, there are people that are there with their family um, and maybe, a, you know, um, an, an old a parent or another family member, extended family member, and there's no space because, you know, everyone's taking up space in the household. So either extreme can be quite challenging. And conversely, you have people who are living alone and quite happily at the moment enjoying that self, I guess, imposed uh, lack of contact. Uh, for a lot of introverts, that might be quite comforting. Um, and similarly for people who are, um, uh, you know, uh, staying in close quarters with their family members – it might be an opportunity where everyone's been so busy and they're actually enjoying having everyone home. Well, yes, there's some of the positives of, you know, this whole situation. But it's interesting. I think um, lockdown is um, an introvert's dream because it takes the pressure off, um, you know, having to socialise and talk to people and, um, you know, you can use the excuse of, you know, I, I've... Um, you know, I'm busy, I'm doing something at home rather than, um, or the lockdown, rather than having to, you know, make something up. But I, I think it's really hard for very, very social extroverted people. Um, I think they're finding this an even more challenging time because extroverts often get their energy from others and particularly if they live alone and their contact with people has um, diminished down to perhaps, you know, maybe there's one family member and that they care for, for example, and, and a parent or someone like that, it, it's a real struggle for them. I think I, I, I'm a quite a social person, as you know, um, and I found at this time when we don't have contact that, and I've mentioned it a couple of times to you, after a Zoom session with friends, I feel nourished somewhat mm. by it. Now, it, it, it doesn't replace having face-to-face contact with someone. No. But just having that ability to see people and talk to people via Zoom, mm. I, I'm surprised at how nourished I feel by that experience. I thought, well, I can't be the same, but I do feel something positive from it. So there is something to be said for 
trying to tune into the new ways of connecting. Yeah. And I think you have to make a conscious effort to stay connected to friends and family. Um, You know, sometimes if you're feeling a bit flat and unmotivated, um, you might avoid, you know, talking to people. But like you said, once you go through that experience and and you connect with people, maybe that you haven't, you know, spoken to in a while, it is quite nourishing and uplifting. Um, So, you know, keeping that contact is really important. People are um, experiencing, you know, uh, Zoom fatigue or or video conferencing fatigue. So, uh, you know, maybe just the old-fashioned phone call is enough as well. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, at the first uh, lockdown period, it was a bit of a novelty to be able to connect on Zoom and people were doing trivia nights on Zoom and, you know, school kids were enjoying this new way of connecting where they didn't have to actually go to school. Uh, But as you say, in further the the longer it goes on the more people are just getting a little bit tired of it now it suits some people some people are actually benefiting and learning better uh, some students are doing well under those conditions but for many it's become no longer a novelty and become something a little bit um, monotonous yeah so um let's let's have a talk about a few other things that might be helpful while you're living in lockdown um, I think routine and dress, this is, this is an interesting one because I've had this debate with um, someone that I work with and I work in education and, and their comment was, what's wrong with students just staying in their pyjamas and doing schoolwork? And I thought that was a really interesting comment because, you know, it doesn't really matter. It, at this stage, they weren't putting their videos on, but as long as they were doing their work, that was the main thing. But I think... It, you know, the way you dress, um, the routine you have in the morning, it actually sets you up for the day. So I think, um, you know, staying in your pajamas and your dressing gown, it just adds to that feeling of I've got nowhere to go, nothing to do. Um, you know, what's the point? It's all very flat and doom and gloom. So I think. Continue your routine of getting ready in the morning like you would for work, Um, you know, brushing your teeth and getting and doing your hair and makeup and if you wear makeup and, um, you know, dressing reasonably well. You don't have to overdress, obviously. Um, I often dress, you know, like tracksuit pants, very casual, you know, on the bottom half and top half a little bit more dressy. Because of the the um, video conference business calls. business upstairs and party below. party in the bottom oh that's not right <laughs> <laughs> let's move along whoops let's move on from there yeah but I think that routine is really important because it helps with your mindset and if your mindset is you know what's the point of even getting out of bed um, what's the point no one's going to see me but it can shift your mood um, and it just helps towards feeling a little bit more like you have purpose in your day well I had someone who I work with um, who has recently started wearing a jacket and dressing up and a suit uh, uh, well yeah who was mm-hmm. more wearing casual clothes uh, in all the zoom meetings and things that were going mm-hmm. on and I said well what's what's going on and he just said look I've just felt in a bit of a funk and I just wanted to change things up and you know as you say, it's not about just 
appearing a certain way, it actually can change your mindset and how you feel about yourself and about the day. Mm. Yeah, and look, the other one that's really obvious, eating well and staying hydrated, which includes non-alcoholic beverages as well. Dope. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's easy to overeat during these times and, um, you know, that's something we just have to watch out for, but it's okay too. Uh, you know, we're, we're um, pleasure-seeking people and, you know, food is one of those pleasures and I know some people have increased their alcohol intake in this time. Why are you looking at me when you say that? And, well, you know, because it's true. Tell me my cocktail-making experience has not improved. <laughs> we have been experimenting with um, different cocktails and, you know, I'm going to put that under the the, the bucket of um, fun activities and learning something new. <laughs> I like that, education. <laughs> yes, we're educating ourselves on um, creative cocktails. But it really is a case of don't be so hard on yourself. Yes, mm. you should look after yourself. You should do some regular exercise. You should eat well and keep yourself hydrated. But with so much having been removed from our lives, we don't get to go out and enjoy. Some of the simple pleasures are having a nice meal, having something nice to drink and just enjoying what we can. Yeah. And look, I I'm, I'm just remembered a friend of mine took some photos and posted on Facebook and she's got two little kids married and the photos were of her and her husband and her kids all dressed up. She's created a formal you know, um, table dressing and that they were like eating at home, obviously, but just acting, for a dinner like, party. acting like they were going out to a dinner party mm. and just to create some change and novelty, you know, in their routine. Um, the other thing is movement and exercise. Uh, I can't stress enough how important um, exercise and movement is for our mental health. Now, if you're feeling a little bit flat, um, a bit of exercise and it's just a walk and it can be 30 minutes, um, doesn't have to be longer than that, but just shifts your mood enough to lift you to the point where you can think a little bit more clearly and, you know, um, it allows a little bit more decision-making space in your mind. It also so, is good to take a break if you're working from home just to go and have a, a lunchtime break, just to have that break because it can be monotonous when there's no change of environment. You don't get the opportunity to have that water cooler mm. chat with people and connecting. Just clearing your mind, taking the dog for a walk or something in the middle of the day, A, helps you with your exercise quota, uh, but B, also just shifts your mind a little bit and gives your yeah. mind a break from that uh, environment. And look, all of these things apply to um, you know adults as individuals, but they apply to children as well. And if you have young children, um, expect an increase in anxiety and testing your limits and sleep difficulties and meltdowns. Um, and rather than, um, you know, trying to ra – rather than seeing that as a catastrophe, focus on strengthening the connection between um, you and your children and do that through physical touch and play – you know, reading books together, doing activities together and verbal reassurance that um, you'll be there for them because this is a very uncertain time for children, particularly young children, where they're hearing and seeing things that 
that are hard to make sense and give meaning to. And all they need to know that it's going to be okay and that it's temporary. And that's the main message you can give children, that this is we're not going to be in this state forever. I think um, for kids, you know, a day or an hour is a long time. Mm-hmm. So when this thing goes on for days at a time, it can sometimes play on kids' minds differently than adults. We, we can see through perspective that, you know, this is a period of time in a much larger period of time. But for kids where right now is everything, uh, it can seem to go on forever. Yeah, exactly. And they just need reminding and reassuring that it is temporary. Um, now, managing other people in the household, that is people, other adults that you live with, and, and this kind of includes children as well. Are you saying I need to be managed? Sometimes. Oh. <laughs> um, it's important to give everyone a wide berth. This is not a time to nitpick. You're and not picking bring up... on my dietary habits again. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes I do. Sometimes that happens. But... We all need reminding that, you know, it's not really a time to bring up old um, grievances or to to um, hold a grudge against others or against your partner. Um, it's, you know, you focus on safety and, and maintaining that attachment, that connection with your partner. That's the focus at the moment. Everyone is doing the best they can and just... You know, where normally you may um, pick up on certain issues, you know, this is a time maybe to let some things go. And that includes children and, and, you know, sometimes their poor choices as well. Now, what about alone time? This is something that, Alex, you don't need as much because you work um, on your own and you, you know, you do talk to people most of the day but you're pretty much physically working alone. And um, you don't need it as much because it's like you're needing connection after that. But someone like me that, um, I don't know, just, uh, I was going to say thrives, but looks forward to that alone time and I need that to to refuel, to re-energise. I think it's really important that, um, you know, everyone does need their own little um, sacred space or retreat and it could be as a matter of just going for a walk on your own it doesn't have to be um, you know anything special or finding a place to relax and recline or just watching your favorite escapist show on Netflix whatever it is for you that um, allows you to recharge if the alone time is what you need so I'm not sure Alex would you agree with that that it's something you don't really seek for yourself um i think well from from a work point of view because i'm working work from home always have and working Mm. and just zooming with people all day um i think at the end of the day i probably want some actual connection um but i know um in your normal workplace situation that yeah you would you'd be happy to come home and have that a bit of quiet time after talking to people but under COVID, you've been working from home too. So mm. has that changed how you need to connect or not connect at the end of a day? 
I don't think so because the kind of work I do, it's really about helping guide people. So whether that's uh, staff or the young people that I work with, there is a lot of connecting with others. Now, not for me, obviously I'm I'm there for other people. Um, so I guess it's that process of just talking and being there for others. Sometimes I just need, and this is probably because I'm an introvert, I need just to retreat in some way and uh, have some quiet time. So it ha- I don't think it's changed a great deal, that need. Okay. Um, now, this is the other thing that people are talking about, oh, this is a great time to get things done and um, I could write that novel or <laughs> um, whatever it is. You know, initially when during the first lockdown there was a lot of conversation about getting things done. But I think it's okay um, to not get to all the things on your to-do list. Practice uh, radical self-acceptance. So this is not an easy time for people. Um, And people are feeling anxious and stressed about the health crisis but also carrying a lot of guilt Um, about the belief that they should be achieving more in this time. I should be doing more things. I should be able to, um, you know, get more things done. But it's, you know, again, it's okay to not have, not get to all those things. Um, It's also relative, isn't it? Because if you're one of those people that's lost their job or, you know, their career is now down the toilet because of, you know, their particular industry, then you know, uh, surviving right now is probably the best that some people can hope for is just to get through this without actually trying to overachieve anything. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it is. It's all kind of relative and I think sometimes just, you know, making dinner or cleaning up, going for that walk, that daily walk, um, or walking the dog, these are the basic things that people can achieve and feel okay about doing that. You know, it's it's not it's not a period of time that was planned or expected. So um, to feel okay that they're getting through it in the best way they can. Yeah, and even government business owners are all saying the same thing. This is a once in a lifetime occurrence. Hopefully, it's no more than that. But um, you know, this is something no one's planned for. No one's seen coming. Um, you know, we're, we're writing things as we're going. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no handbook for this. And, you know, you've seen large businesses with big flagship names that have just gone into bankruptcy because, you know, um, it, 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 if businesses are going through that, individual households can also just be suffering and and feel oh it's terrible but there are so many people doing exactly the same going through exactly the same thing Mm. so i think as you say we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves because no one's planned for this you know if you if you if you're fortunate enough to have not lost your job or your industry hasn't been you know affected so much that's fantastic but that's probably more by luck than any choice that you've been able to get away, um, you know, unscathed, I guess. I think the the main thing for me, because my particular industry, 
um, hasn't really been badly affected. And for me, I feel guilty in some way that there are so mm. many people doing, you know, really tough. Um, so, I mean, that's just a an unforeseen side effect. You know, why why would I feel that? But it's because you 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 see the news you see yeah. everything that's going on how many people have been so severely impacted and you know may take decades to recover from this yeah you know people are pulling out their superannuation money there you know things are going to be changed mm. forever and as much as the government is helping and supporting it doesn't necessarily have all the answers for all of the impacts and i i, I think that brings me to um, my next point about there are so many side effects of, of this health crisis and you mentioned the financial ones. It's had a, such a big impact on a number of industries, particularly hospitality industry. Um, I, I know a lot of people that have lost their jobs and they've had to go on unemployment benefits and um, the other you know, impact is the mental health impact you know that that's a little bit more harder to measure but I think it's important to have hope it's important to um, recognize that if you've lost your job there will be something else out there in the future for you and um, you know that's all we have to hang on to hope but I found in the first um, episode of um, COVID-19 in Melbourne um, there, I was constantly trying to get as much COVID-19 news updates as I could read, hear, listen, watch. <laughs> and I found that it was making me more anxious. So I, I'm not sure if, that, if you could relate to that, Alex. But I think, you know, reducing the amount of um, news updates you get, particularly about all the devastating news and, like I said, the, the side effects of, of this crisis... Um, I get an alert once a day, I read it and that's it, that I just want to know if the infection rates have gone down or not and that's what I've decided to do and I think that's been really helpful for me. Now, having said all of that, I think one of the, um, the most, I guess, profound ways to manage this whole situation is by focusing on the positives and I know that's easy to say, harder to do, but um, we count our blessings every day in terms of what we have. Um, I'm fortunate in a fortunate position like Alex to um, continue working because I work in education and, you know, young people still need to be educated even though they're doing it remotely, which, um, you know, has been a big change for my industry, but it, you know, it means that we can still provide education for young people. And, you know, my work has changed somewhat because I'm supporting the staff even more than students are loving it. Most students are. There are some students a bit over it. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm supporting the staff that some of them are working in isolation from home. But I often say to them, we have jobs. You know, we have income. And it's, you know, thank God it's ongoing. You know, we're quite fortunate. There's so many other people in, in less fortunate situations. And focus on the positive stories that you hear. Um, you know, focus on the helpers 
in, in a crisis always. You know, our nurses, our teachers, um, our doctors, the people that are actually, um, you know, helping move this situation along. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's um, when you see the, the amazing health workers right now and what they're going through. Um, you know, the people who are working on the front line of this, and uh, mm. you know, people who have to go into battle, I guess, and really potentially expose themselves to, um, to the virus. Yeah, and put themselves at risk. Yeah, so, you know, whilst, whilst there's some really awful things going on, there are also some really wonderful things to see in, um, in human behaviour and, you know, mm. the people helping people, people going in there for, you know, the greater good for the community. Um, yeah. You know, there, there are good people around and there are uh, still good things happening. Unfortunately, not all of those make it onto the news. No. But, you know, something as simple as we t- take our dog for a walk and the level of eye contact and acknowledging each other as you're walking past each other, I, I'm... I'm sure it's related to because we've just moved to this area pr- prior to COVID hitting us. But um, I'm sure it's related to we're all in this together, and you know, it's it's just some way of saying, hey, you know, um, we're doing this together. We're wearing masks as I we're get, walking. I get you, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not as easy to smile at someone through a mask, though. But um, you have to just raise your eyebrows. You a have lot to more. smize with your eyes. Um, smile with your eyes. <laughs> That's a Tyra Banks quote. Um, yeah, so, you know, little things like, I, you know, it's kind of bringing the community together and it, there's a nice sense of um, support there, even though all we're doing is going for a walk. And the support that we're providing is basically staying indoors so that people can stay healthy and, um, you know, the infection rates can go down. And I guess beyond all of this, because, you know, there will be a vaccine and we will get the numbers down. But I guess it's looking more forward. It's like what is the new normal going to look like? Because I guess there are going to be some things that will be changed forever now. I mean, you know, how are you going to feel the very first time you go and shake someone's hand again? Will you ever shake someone's hand again? Um, You know, so everything has kind of changed and I guess... You know, we've got to adjust, be adaptable, be flexible in terms of what that new normal might look like and I guess in some way embrace whatever that new normal is going to be. And look, it's forced us to really um, examine our lives and examine what's meaningful in life. Um, And it's interesting that some of those industries like the entertainment industry, you know, what meaning and value does that have when we're trying to just keep everyone healthy and and okay. Um, so it's made us look at our lives, you know, in a slightly different way. Um, finally, you know, if you need help, reach out, talk to your partner, talk to a friend or talk to a professional counsellor because, you know, these are unforeseen times and, um, you know, sometimes it's, all of these feelings that have come from, you know, everything that we've been talking about can just build up and and you can bottle them up and not know how to identify it. And sometimes just teasing that out in a conversation with a, a professional counsellor can, can help. 
And I know that, you know, our government's actually um, doubled the subsidised counselling um, sessions that you can have up to 20 with a psychologist or a mental health practitioner. So make the most of it and, you know, seek the help that you need. Well, I think that's about it for this one. Um, so much going on and so much to think about. But, um, you know, we're, we're grateful that we have you as listeners um, and we're able to share a little bit of our thoughts and our lives with you. Um, and uh, we look forward to doing that again in our next episode. So right now it's goodbye from D. And it's goodbye from A, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. If you like this episode, then please consider subscribing to find out whenever a new episode drops. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, that's a little purple button on your iPhone, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can, of course, go to our website at www.com the DNA of mindful relationships.com or our Facebook page where you can like us and share our show with your friends. Send us an email to info at the DNA of mindful relationships.com and ask us questions or give us feedback or maybe suggest some ideas for some upcoming shows. We look forward to catching you next time and until then, stay mindful. <laughs>